0: She's the author of Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success, and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today?
1: Well Lloyd, today the show is about how to marry the right guy. And I'm having second thoughts about you. No, I'm only kidding, darling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but this is a great book. I just finished reading "How to Marry the Right Guy" by Dar- Dr. Charles D. Schmidt and Dr. Elizabeth A. Schmidt, and they've been married oh, just 48 years. So this is really wonderful. It's um, they're America's number one love and marriage experts, and they wrote this book together. And I got a lot of, I just got a kick out of a lot of this and a lot of insight too. Um, Especially the true false in the beginning, and uh, you know, to it's uh, a quiz to find out if you married the right guy. But I think you'd even look at it did you marry the right girl? It's the same thing. So let's uh, let me just tell you a little bit about the, this couple and their wonderful expertise. Charlie and Liz Schmitz are love and marriage experts, they are both doctors, uh, they have their doctorates, and they are. Uh, award-winning authors. Um, Dr. Schmidt and uh, doc- both Dr. Schmitz, uh help audience around the world answer questions about love, marriage, and relationships. And their distinguished career includes over 65 awards, 650 books, articles and manuscripts, a thousand speeches, and frequent media appearances. They have over 30 years of research on relationships and successful marriages in 48 countries on all seven continents of the world, and of course, their own marriage, which is, you know, a a testimonial to them. The doctors know what makes relationships work. Together, they have written the award-winning books, Golden Anniversaries, The Seven Secrets of Successful Marriage. Simple things matter in love and marriage, and building a love that lasts. They're popular speakers and a lot of talk show hosts, talk show uh, talk shows as guests. And their latest book, which is the one I have right in front of me, is How to Marry the Right Guy. And that provides women with the thirty three characteristics essential for a good husband. And of course, that, you know, you can get it on Amazon or whatever. But I think more than that, and I'm, I'm just going to ask that Lloyd read this as well, because it has things about, you know, what makes a good marriage, what makes a good relationship. And it's really for both sexes and for gay marriages as well. It doesn't really matter for any couple that is in a relationship. These are the things that are going to help to make them work. So I want to welcome you guys from the Midwest. Thank you for joining us this morning.
2: Glad to be here. Glad to be here, Maury.
1: Well, this is fun. I'm glad that we had the chance to talk a little bit before the show, that you that you do walk your talk, your marriage is good, and just like we talked before that, you know, everyone has conflict, but, you know, it's how you work through it. So So let's talk a little bit about what I was interested in is that 30 years of research. Can you tell me about how you did that work? What's that all about? You want to st- Whoever wants to start, it's fine with me.
0: Well, it's a, Liz always has me do that little history part. So,
1: okay. Uh, it was real simple.
0: I had a doctoral student at the university that I was a professor at said, I need to do a workshop uh, in Kansas City, but I can't, I can't do that one and this other one, so can you do the other one? <laughs> and, and so we said, sure. And so I went home that night, and I said to Liz, we're going to do a workshop uh, on marriage, or are you up for it? And she said, sure, let's do it. Well, that night, we sat around thinking about what we were going to do at this workshop. uh, And the the audience, by the way, were young farmers and their wives. Hmm. And and that was a very interesting audience to us. And So we went home, took stock. And you know how uh, when you take stock, you start to discover things that you hadn't really thought about? Right. And the first thing we thought about was of the 14 couples, that hung around together for our baccalaureate and master's degrees uh, and doctoral degrees, that after 16 years, we were the only ones still married. Wow. And that, that was a kind of a crazy thing. Yeah. To think about. And so, you know, there, there, there are two things. You know, the old Yankee player who was a uh, St. Louis boy uh, um, had that famous expression, when you come to the fork in the road, take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and And the essence of that was uh, we had two choices. We could focus a workshop on failure, what went wrong with these couples, or we could focus it on how do you be successful. Right. And we decided that the the, the better way to go was to focus on success. Our old mentor, who was the CEO and president of the Gallup organization, always said to us, Hmm. uh, hey, you guys, you gotta remember success, uh, if you wanna know something about success, study success. If you wanna know about failure, study failure. But you don't learn a lot about success by studying failure. Right. So study success. studies. So we set out on now thirty two years of interviewing uh, couples who have uh, been married uh, successfully, and we have an interview protocol that helps us determine whether that uh, whether the marriage is successful or not, based upon all the things that we've learned. And, and 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 so then we say, okay, these are what successful marriages look like. And the first conclusion that we drew, with our worldwide research, was successful marriage. Successful relationships are pretty much the same around the world, across cultures, across continents, across genders. It doesn't matter. You know what makes these things work uh, are pretty universal, and that was a big discovery for us. Uh, you know, we we never thought of it that way before, and so uh, so it's been. It started with a simple workshop with young farmers and their wives, and. Uh, and and you know you you read the bio we've been we've yeah. been pretty busy over these last 32 years
1: yeah you know it reminds me i've i've asked because i do so much divorce mediation it's now 28 years actually that i've been doing this and and i went through my own divorce and i'm remarried now and and i, I always ask people when i meet people who've been married 50 years 47 years like you guys are 48 years i always ask people can you tell me one thing one thing that you think has really made your marriage work, how you stay together. And um, I always get a kick out of it. Some people will say to me, oh, well, I married my best friend or the one that really got me was my wife or my spouse lets me be me. And, um, you know, because I always say, what's one thing you could think of? Or we laugh a lot, you know. It's interesting to me what they say. What do you think, Elizabeth? When you've been asking people, what what are some of the? I, I know you have all these, um, you know, lists of things that make things work. But if you would, when you when you went and you interviewed people, what what are some of the things that they told you, Elizabeth?
2: Well, you just named two of them. <laughs> I just thought that was great. And uh, the third one, and most importantly, is the underlying trust factor. These people that have been married in these long, fabulous relationships would trust their husband or their wife with their life, with their liberty, with their money, with their deepest secrets, they really did, just like you say, marry their best friend. Or or they became their best friends because that relationship works not because of the sex, not because of all the other intricacies of, of the situation. It's because of the relationship That they have with each other it trumps everything else, and the day in and the day out working relationship that they have with each other, we always say it's the simple things that matter.
1: Yes, and and I just asked another couple last weekend at church. Um, They've been married almost forty years, and they're just adorable. They're so much fun, you know. I always they're always smiling, and I said. Uh so I said to them that I wanted them to come to our workshop, uh, The Gift in Conflict. And they started laughing. Oh, we don't have conflict. And then and then the other one said, oh, yes, we do. And then, you know, there was they were playing with me. And um and then they said, well, we're soulmates. You know, I said, so what what makes it last? What makes it so good all these years? Well, we're soulmates. So that's similar to what you're talking about as well. So
0: absolutely. And, and Mar, if I could just say one sure. thing about what you just said. That, that people can be compatible they can they can share common interests and the like but what we have found in these best marriages they, they they do not lose their individual identities right and that's very important and if you have someone in the marriage that wants to kind of beat your your identity out of you right. or wants to make you like them right. um, etc then then, then that's that's a bad sign so 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 the notion Uh, is people uh, live together, they love each other, they share a lot in common, uh, and so forth, but they do not try to make themselves clones of each other.
2: We always say that people that we, we so appreciate having the wonderful luxury of having interviewed these fabulous couples because they talk about the support they got from their husband or wife. They always say, oh, I wouldn't be what I am today without her, or I wouldn't be who I am today without him. And it's the fact that they soar with their strengths. They really play off each other, support each other and grow each other to the best they can be.
1: Yes. And, and what you were just talking about, Charlie, about that they don't get too enmeshed. You know, I remember reading some beautiful quote that I can't remember, which you probably guys you, you guys probably do remember is about that. You'd be close enough, but, uh, but, have the wind blow between you you know yeah. so that you're 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 close and committed but you still have your separateness and your individuality yeah so it's it's beautiful
0: no question about it you know uh, one of the important questions of our interview uh, it comes about halfway through it's a simple question who is your best friend yes and You know, we we had a couple we interviewed in Rio de Janeiro. They were supposed to be the couple. Everybody recommended The couple. Everybody (laughs) recommended He was a doctor and she was a socialite, and boy, everything was hunky-dory. Well, we went to their their apartment, their condo, and we interviewed them. And when we got to that question, they both gave the names of ten other people, but not, not their spouse. And, mm. and, you know, it's kind of like. Say they failed the interview. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is not a marriage made in heaven in Rio right. de Janeiro, you know? It, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but best friends, very, very important. And these long time successfully married couples, there is no question in their mind about who their
1: best friend is. Exactly, exactly. You know, um, Liz, I really love, you know, this book is just so wonderful, but the thing that, that I thought was just so cute. That I really, really loved that I thought we could talk about a little bit is what you learned from a penguin. <laughs> you had the, the the 12, here it's called 12 Lessons of Love from a Penguin, and I just thought that was just wonderful. So tell us, Liz, how, how did that come into being? Well, we were in
2: um, Antarctica, it was our final continent to get to, and we w- had the wonderful fortune of interviewing the scientists there and the the folks that were on uh, research boats, and the person who entered, that uh, developed the cam, uh, the critter cam, okay. was there, and just these unbelievable Nat Geo explorers, yeah. if you, know what you could call, it, and, and their husbands and wives, and how they were able to sustain these relationships over these long distances, or working together so closely right. for these cold, cold periods. And then we were so fortunate; we were allowed to go on the continent of Antarctica to go with them to the penguin colonies to see their research, to see what they were doing and really be able to study the penguins along with the researchers.
1: Yeah.
2: And we were so intrigued with these families. They they squabble. They get at each other. They love each other. They protect each other. They go take their little stones and make their little nests and
0: Mm. all the
2: things that are so important. You know, like when we looked at the 12 things that were so important, they look out for each other. They watch out for the, the, the skewers, the birds that come down and try to steal the eggs. There's always a lookout, somebody watching
0: out for the other person to protect those eggs and those babies. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and when you watch them uh, with their babies, it, I mean, it's the, it's the sweetest, cutest thing. These little bitty uh, young, their they're, they're babies, they're, they're gray,
1: kind of a light
0: gray. And they are the sweetest little, little uh, animals, birds that can't fly. Yeah. And their parents and the father, they, they take care of these kids and they, they nurture them and they look over them and they build a comfortable nest for them to lay in. And, and, and you sit there and watch this go on and, and you say, my goodness, these behaviors are so human-like. They're communicating with each other all the time. They, 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 they take care of each other. They support each other. They travel in groups to protect each other. They, 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 they build support networks with each other. Uh, you know, they, and when they're in love, you ought to hear these guys squawk and you know, shout <laughs> I love to the you, stars. I love you. <laughs> oh, I love you. Oh, you, can, you can just hear it. They're going on and on and on. It's just an absolute. And the other thing that's so amazing, the way they watch out for each other. How they, as Liz said, how they protect each other from those dead gum mean birds, or from those, or from those dead gum uh, uh, leopard seals that try to eat them up, right. or the whales, the killer whales that like to bounce them on their nose, yeah. and play with them before they swallow them. You yeah. know that that kind of stuff. They really look out for each other. They share parent and responsibility. Um, you know, the husband sits on the nest while the, while, while the mom goes out and, and gathers stuff.
1: Yeah, they don't say it's your job, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they, they don't. Exactly.
2: And you should see them. You know, we always talk about these great marriages. They always are so good about making sure they look their best for their spouse, and they, they take pride in that. These penguins work very, very hard to keep themselves clean, and you can just see the pruning that they're doing to look good and feel good and be clean and take care of each other. Yeah. It, it, it just, it's just fascinating, absolutely fascinating to watch.
0: You can learn a lot about love from a penguin because when you watch them, it, it, in so many ways it's like watching us. Yes. So it's just amazing. We were just startled by this, and we saw it, uh, uh, the first rookery that we went to. We, we had hiked up to the top of uh, this uh, <laughs> uh, windy snow a day and walked up to the top to the rookery and it was just it was startling to sit there and watch them so yeah it's, uh, quite quite remarkable
1: yeah i thought this was really great so it's like um look for, look out for each other have fun and play a lot communicate effectively be a responsible adult uh build your support network smile a lot so i guess these uh penguins smile huh
2: well, they do, They especially the chin strap paint. You know, they have this black, make it look like a chin strap. And so while they're looking at each other, it really looks like a smile. It's just adorable.
1: It's like when your golden retriever and my golden retriever smile, right? They can smile. You know Absolutely. that they're smiling. They got their mouths open and they're little, yeah, they smile. And then you have, let's see, shout your love to the heavens. I thought that was cute. It's, it reminded me of, uh, well... Tom Cruise <laughs> yeah uh, watch out for the danger keep your body clean I like that one be faithful to the one you love share the parenting responsibilities argue fairly and don't hold a grudge that was so cute but those are those are just perfect and, and
2: they fit so well as we sat there and we were we sat there both of us on a couple of big outcropping rocks. And we sat there for hours watching them, and we were so taken with how, number one, how adorable they are, but number two, how much they had human qualities that really related to families. And how well they took care of each other. And we said, we just have to put that in the book because it meant so much.
1: Yes, yes. So what are the three most important things um, that you've learned with all your interviews and and your interviews of these penguins um, that can help couples understand what it takes to have a lasting love for a lifetime?
0: Well, the the, the most important thing, it's really very simple. Love is simple to understand. There's nothing overly complex about understanding love and what makes it work. But the problem is, uh, number two, the people don't do the simple things that are required uh, to make the marriage work. And and that being in love is an easy thing to do, but making it work—that's the hard part of it. And it takes hard work. And that's what these couples remind us of all the time. It takes. Hard work. It takes biting your tongue sometimes. It takes being supportive when you don't feel like being supportive. Uh, You know, it takes uh, compromise. uh, It it takes compromise. It it takes uh, sincerity. It takes uh, uh,
1: patience.
0: uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Bring patience, right? But love
0: is simple. But people have to do the simple things to make it work. And when they don't do that, you know, if they just think love is all that's required. Love
1: and romance
0: yeah yeah and so they just they they they're, they're missing out yeah and here's an interesting question related that we are often asked we ask the question and people ask us this frequently but we ask the question in every interview on a scale of 1 to 10 how important has sex been to the overall success of your marriage and over 32 years that answer has averaged 6.2 6.2 That says that it has a level of significance.
2: Right.
0: But it's not the overriding issue. It's not, uh, when you're young in a marriage, maybe that that, that it has a lot more meaning. But you discover over time that that alone will not sustain you. In other words,
2: Let me give you an example to compare. Trust is a 10. It's not a 9. It's not an 8. It's a 10. Right. And it's an instant 10 when you interview these couples. They say 10 so automatically, they don't even think about it.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: It's. And and you look at the things that really matter in the marriage and you know sex doesn't come in there.
1: Yep. Intimacy and being able to connect and then if sex is part of that but the real connection if you don't have any connection then the sex is just you know just empty empty yeah just an
0: activity. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what is the biggest mistake that women make when they're falling in love?
2: It's not watching out for the what we call the seven fatal flaws in the personality of the guy they're looking at, and it's it's true for men too, but women are more guilty of it, and because they want to fix them, they want to fix the guy that they find instead of being able to accept him as he is and love him just the way he is, and keep their eyes wide open to watch
0: out for those fatal flaw characteristics it's that old thing that i'm sure your mother told you and my mother told me and everybody else actions speak louder than words and and one of the things that, that that we have discovered one of these themes that runs in here is that so many of these marriages that fail these relationships that fail fail because they don't pay attention you know they they listen to their to their mates words but they don't pay attention to their actions right you know it's like saying um oh, I I love animals, and then he kicks his dog.
1: Right, right. It's
0: that kind of thing. Action, Uh, uh, you know, he he tries to pass himself off or herself off as being a very polite person, but yet you get to the restaurant, first one in the door, first one to order the food, you know, uh, et cetera. Those are actions that speak louder than words because it relates to that overarching question that people are always asking us. What's the best predictor of a successful marriage? And we say, marry the right person. You yeah, know? Yeah. And that says that there's so much more that has to occur in the beginning when you're paying attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Right. Because if you want a successful marriage, marry the right person. And if you don't pay attention to these characteristics, if you don't pay attention to these seven fatal flaws, uh, as we call them, you know, somebody that has controlling behavior or condescending attitude. Or, in other words,
2: you can't do all the work necessary to make a loving relationship work over the years if you married the wrong person in the first place.
1: Right. You know what we talk about. And I told you that we have uh, just finished our book, "The Gift in Conflict," and one of the things that we talk about is that sometimes that people aren't conscious, and that's what you're talking about—being aware of the person that you're in. You know, in a relationship, being really aware. But some people, you know, marry their mother or marry their father, and their father might have been an alcoholic or their mother might have been a, a very controlling person, and that they that, that's part of their journey in life is to kind of work those issues out from their childhood. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that people do it. But you guys are therapists. Isn't that something that you see as well?
2: It is, and unfortunately... What happens in those relationships is when they finally do wake up to the fact that they can't live that way any longer. Right. Then it becomes a divorce situation. It becomes a, a horrible experience they're going to go through till they get to the point where they can decide ahead of time. And one of the things we talk about in the book is kind of what is important to you? What do you value? Find someone that matches those values, that match what you really want out of life, what matters. So all the soul-searching and all the fixing yourself needs to come before the relationship and the falling in love.
1: Yes. Because
2: too many times, especially with women, they're in love with being in love.
1: Yes, yes. And and I love that, that you have that, and you have it so, what I thought was so helpful is you have, just bullet points of all these things: one, two, three, four, five things to ask, making it very simple. I remember after my own divorce and doing a lot of divorce mediation, and my favorite niece, who is like a daughter to me, before she got married, I sat down. I should have had your book, but but, but I sat down with her and I fill. I actually made up questions like this for her to ask herself and to ask her fiance and um and i said you've got to do this okay because i see divorce all the time that's what i see that's what i do for a living and um and she did it and they have such a wonderful marriage and their kids are going to be going off to college soon and they've it's um you know but i remember she said okay i promise i'm going to do this we're going to do this and they did it and they they have gone through wonderful uh wonderful challenges and they've made it but i think it's so important this should be, you know, when you when you're getting ready to get married and you're planning, this should be one of your planning tools, right? You know, it's amazing.
2: We were looking the other day and there's a statistic that came out that said it's about $30,000 now for the average wedding. And we're thinking, my god, save the money, get the book, start looking through the questions, do your analyzing before you ever get married and go to a, go go get a quick marriage. I mean, In essence, the pre-planning is so much more important
0: than the right wedding dress. Yes, yes. The perfect wedding gift is giving someone uh, time-tested secrets that you've learned from, from folks around the world who have made it work. And to say, look, these are the things that you have to keep in mind if you want to make this work. Uh, if you if these things aren't present in your relationship, you really need to walk away because you're going to end up walking away someday anyway. Only be in a very hurtful way, yeah. and it
1: might you know. And then you have kids, and then it's so much harder. It's so much. You're you're not only adding to your pain and your spouse's pain, but then you have all your chil- You know, the, your children's pain as well. You know, a lot of people. I, I wanted to ask you this. You know, a lot of people now are saying well i don't need to get married you know i'm i'm in this long-term relationship and i don't need to get married and um of course i talk to them about the legal reasons why that they, they should get married for if god forbid they get divorced and they can get spousal support you know i talk about the the legal things but but from a, a psychological issue what what are some of the benefits of mirrors that you talk about
0: well there there are many of them and, and i can tell you uh you know, from a simple perspective, we always tell the guys this. Did you know that according to the, the best research we can find out there, men live on average eight to nine years longer if they're involved in a successful marriage versus those that who are not married or, uh, are 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 uh, are not engaged in a happier, successful marriage. So, so, so that alone should 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 cause people to. To, to, you know to to peek their ears a little bit
1: here. Yeah, now, Elizabeth, what, we only have a, a like another, believe it or not, we've gone so fast. I could do an hour with you guys, at least. but we have a, about another minute. What do you think uh, w- what are some of the benefits, Elizabeth?
2: The support that they give each other makes both individuals better than they are if they're alone, if the marriage is great. And in addition to that, they are healthier. They end up being wealthier because the the statistics show that they gain more wealth and their children are much more well-adjusted.
1: Perfect. Well, that's a great way to end. We have this wonderful book, How to Marry the Right Guy, by Dr. Charles D. Schmitz and Dr. Elizabeth A. Schmitz. Thank you so much. You want to just give us your website, and it's really time for us to go.
2: www.simplethingsmatter.com. One word, Simple Things
1: Matter. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll have you back again. Keep up the great work. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 at 8.30 a.m. and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks.
2: program to not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.